Amen. What up, everybody? Well, I didn't come out. They come out slurred. It's been a long day. What up, everybody? All right, guys, we're diving right in. All right, here we go. Anybody know who this guy is right here? In 2017, Sean Parker sat down for an interview. Parker was the first president of Facebook. But he now calls himself a conscious objector of social media. When talking about it, he says, God only knows what it's doing to our children. It's built to steal our attention, take our time, and addict you to keep coming back again and again. He said it's so good because, get this, you are exploiting a vulnerability in human psychology. Guys, welcome to Devo. It's going to be a good Devo. Former vice president of Facebook user growth said, the short-term dopamine-driven feedback loops that we have uh, created are destroying how society works. It's kind of intense. Steve Jobs didn't let his kids use iPads and different products that he created and really limited the technology that they would use at home. These and other people who worked in the technology industry admit that tech is intentionally designed for distraction and addiction because that's where the money is. These tech companies are pouring millions of dollars to keep you distracted and to keep you coming back for more. They make money off of your attention. Psychologists say that we are the most distracted generation in human history. Have you ever been like utterly appalled when every week your phone gives you kind of feedback of how much screen time you used? Yes. Anybody ever kind of think like, you're like, oh my gosh, I thought I had a life, you know? I thought I had a life and like homework and like a family and stuff like that, but I guess I don't, you know? It's seeing all the screen time on there. You know, a study shows that the average iPhone user touches their phone 2,617 times per day. If you added up all the time the millennials spend on their iPhones, it comes out to around five and a half hours a day. 50% of teens say they couldn't go a day without using their phones. And 77% of young people will reach for their phone when there's nothing occupying their attention. Not only do we lose an outrageous amount of time on our phones, but we have lost our ability to pay attention. Anybody know what the average life, not lifespan, but average attention span is these days? It's eight seconds. Anybody have any idea what a goldfish attention span is? It's nine seconds. You only got it. So you're literally losing to goldfish, okay? Now, I'm not here to say that we just need to start throwing away all of our tech out the window and then go live as monks for the rest of our lives and stuff like that. Tech can be used for so many good things, right? Like, can you imagine life without maps? You know what I'm saying? Like, we survive. No one knows the directions anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, you need maps even just to get to the cookout that's just like turning right and that going just right there. Or what would we do without Spotify? Or, Google, or Apple Music? You can have CDs in your cars. Anybody alive when you had the whole Walkman player, you know, on your, as you're walking around and stuff like that? That was awesome. What would you do without the Chick-fil-A app? You know what I'm saying? Like, you just, where, where, what rewards? You're losing money. What would we do? But guys, but our drop in the ability to pay attention is a giant problem. 
The world of media and distraction is not only a problem in society at large, but it is wrecking havoc on our souls. The rise of technology has been a leading contributor in the minimization of discipleship to Jesus to shallow, feel-good spirituality. And without the capacity to pay attention and stay focused, it's not possible to have a spiritual life, much less grow and mature into the healthy people that God originally created us to be. Tonight, I want to ask you this question of yourself. Who am I becoming? And how does what I do on a daily basis affect who I'm becoming? Who are the people that God created us to be? You know, since the very beginning of creation, God set humans in this world that were intentionally designed to thrive. Intentionally designed to be extremely healthy. Healthy bodies and minds and hearts and spirits. He created you individually in his own very image, which is a crazy thought to think about. He yearns for us to live without worry. I mean, he literally says, do not worry, right? He says, don't be anxious about anything. He says he wants us to be full of peace. He says, hey, when you're you're anxious, it says the peace of Christ will guard your hearts, which is kind of a cool cool thought. He doesn't want us drowning in anxiety or stress. He wants us living with unwavering confidence. He created us to live with genuine connection with him, but also everybody else that's around us, right? But why is this not like a daily reality for most of us? Why do we not feel like we're thriving? Why do we feel stressed out all the time? Why do we feel worried? Why do we feel like we're comparing ourselves? Why do we feel like a low self-esteem? Why are we always trying to put on an image for people? I believe it's because of the things we are putting into our minds, our bodies, and our hearts on a daily basis. The Bible teaches us that those, that, that what you do is directly, like who we become is directly correlated to what we do and what we focus on. You know, for a little, bit, for a little while when I was nine and 10, I lived in Japan. Here's a picture of me when I lived in Tokyo, Japan. As you can tell, I got my, I have a diamond studded LA necklace on. I got my, it's all about basketball shirt and my Game Boy. Anybody have that for their Game Boy back in the day? That was a little like flip over magnifier for you. That was it. My sister left that on the plane for that exact trip that I'm at right there, but it's all good. Now, when I was in Japan, right, we, uh, in our neighborhood, we had like kind of right on the corner of our street where our house was, we had who we called the tofu lady. Okay, she was awesome, right? You had your chicken man, you had your tofu lady, you had all these kind of different people right on, right on your street. And so the tofu lady, she's this really elderly, small, awesome lady. And uh, we're all going out as a family to go hang out. And, and so she starts talking to my dad as she sees us going out. Like, hey, where are you guys going? And she starts, my dad spoke fluent Japanese. So they're kind of going back and forth talking about uh, what we're doing. I don't understand. I'm sitting there just kind of like, you know, kind of just enjoying it. And uh, we're walking back. And, uh, and I was like, hey, what did you guys talk about? I said, oh, you know, we talked about that, you know, we're going out for pizza and we're going to have some fun together as a family. And I was like, nice, what did she say? And she said, well, she, uh, she kind of looked over at you and then said, said this. She said, you eat pizza, you look like pizza. <laughs> and I was like, wow, wow. Shots fired. She was going straight from my throat, this little tofu lady. Getting after me. I did look a little bit like a pizza too, which was, the, which was the unfortunate part. You know, guys, tonight the title of our message is You Are What You Eat. And we're going to be talking a lot about how what we really kind of focus on, what our attention is on, what we, uh, 
Yeah, what we really, what our eyes are towards is really who we, who we end up becoming. And so Bree's going to come up and kind of talk about that in, uh, in her life a little bit. Awesome. Okay, so I'm going to share a little bit about my love-hate relationship with social media, specifically the last couple years. Honestly, as I was writing this, I was embarrassed. So if any of you relate to anything that I say, just give some amens, okay? So I know I'm not alone. Amen. Thank you. Um, so Nick and I were married last year, and they say that the first year of marriage is one of the biggest transitions in friendships. And I totally experienced that. So I wasn't getting as much time and consistency with friends that I was used to being close to. And so all of a sudden, I was like super insecure about my friendships. Uh, Were we still close? Have I become that married friend that I didn't want to become? What do they think of me? Do they still want to hang out with me? Have they forgotten me? Will I still be invited to hang? So Instagram is a great way to keep up with friends and see about their lives. Um, But I found myself only more insecure whenever I saw my friends post. It's really weird. It's like I can be feeling totally fine with someone, and then I see one story, and I'm like, all of a sudden I'm insecure. Uh, Like, if she's got time to watch that show, why hasn't she texted me back? Or uh, she's she's at dinner with those friends and didn't invite me. Uh, does uh, does she think my posts are cool? Do I look like I'm having fun too? Uh, does posting that story make me look like I'm trying too hard? Was that caption funny enough? Do people look at my story as much as I do theirs? I'm scrolling through the likes to see did that person like that post of mine? And one comedian once wrote, every status update is just a variation on a single request. Would someone please acknowledge me? Likes and views have literally become our form of social currency. So just like I would pay $2 for an Apple, you know, good exchange there, or maybe $200 for a new phone, the amount of likes I get on a post attributes the value to me. Was my post interesting enough? Aesthetically pleasing enough? How many likes was this post worth? Am I worthy of acknowledgement? Am I pleasing this audience? Often I'll find myself looking at my own Facebook or Instagram profile page just to see what a stranger might think when they peruse through my page. Has anybody ever done that? Um, Like, would they think I'm worthy of friending or would they want to follow me, right? Would they think I'm beautiful, smart, witty? Am I passionate about the right things on social media? Um, and this is really embarrassing, but sometimes I'd rearrange, you know, the featured photos on your Facebook page, right? Like top nine photos or whatever. Sometimes I would rearrange the featured photos just so people don't think I'm not prioritizing the right things. So like, don't worry, I've got a good mix of friends here. You know, I don't want to look too basic white girl. I love my family, but we're really relatable too, you know? Uh, Nick and I are cute, but we're not cheesy. You know, we're not too much. Like, I would arrange it so, you know, people, pretty much people didn't, like, think a certain way about me, and I don't want to risk anyone not liking me, so I consider all possible opinions when I edit my profile pages. So I realized sometimes when I keep checking social media, I might be sitting on the couch super calm and relaxed, right? It's what we do to relax, right? We'll just scroll. But inside my head, it feels like, you know those movie moments, like, in the... In certain movies, when characters hit like a breaking point, has anyone seen Dark Phoenix? Okay, this is like a good example, but they're in so many movies where characters hit like a breaking point where it's like all the voices in the head from the, all their voices from the whole movie are coming and they're like this opinion and that opinion, right? And they're just getting overwhelmed. And it's like, that's sometimes what I feel like inside. I'm like, my, my brain is a movie scene where like all the voices are coming and I'm like, am I enough? Am I enough? Am I enough? Am I enough? Did I get acknowledged? Am I worthy of acknowledgement? 
And so, the, yeah, the, you know, these insecurities are from my own head, right? Nobody has ever said to me, your caption wasn't funny enough, right? But, um, but how is this helping me? In my fight to be a secure, confident, peaceful woman of God, how is putting myself through this mental whirlwind beneficial? There's so many voices as you scroll, and we don't realize it. Pay attention to your thought life as you scroll. It could be social media. It could also be the news, articles. It could be, you know how YouTube like reloads other like video, you know, other videos like this. Like pay attention to your thought life as you scroll. There's an, inter- there's an internal monologue we often don't realize the power of. And we must ask ourselves, what voices am I listening to? Mm-hmm. I started limiting my Instagram use this year. And so, you know, honestly, I'd like to delete the app for a little bit. And then once I wanted to post something, I would like redownload it and then I'll get caught up in the whirlwind again. Um, But Nick and I would talk a lot about it and he would help me a lot. And one time he noticed on his own Instagram story that one of my friends posted a story about being at dinner with a group of friends that I'm also friends with, you know. And so he went onto my phone and viewed the story so that it wouldn't pop up on my Instagram because he knew I would feel a certain type of way about it. So one, good husband, amazing husband. <laughs> Two, obviously we don't, we can't have like, I can't have Nick filter through all my social media accounts, right? And delete anything that would tempt me to feel insecure. I can delete all my social media or I could come up with healthy bad, bad boundaries. Um, but social media isn't the issue. Matthew seven seventeen, Jesus says, every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. I realized that my thought life, all these insecurities, these comparisons, all, the, all these thoughts and these worries, it was just the fruit of an actual root problem. This was a root problem. Um, turn to Psalm 1. Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers or spend time reading every political, social, fiery opinion posted on the Internet. But blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord, who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. What voices we listen to matter. Mm-hmm. Often where we spend the most time has the most influence on us. Yeah. So just think for a second. Compare the amount of time maybe you spend scrolling on your phone or on your computer with your quiet times, going on walks in nature, getting quality time with a friend, doing hobbies that inspire you. Our hearts crave connection, wisdom, truth, peace, and what we feed that craving matters. We are feeding it something. It just depends what. And I really want to be a tree planted by the stream. I don't know about you guys, but this passage totally inspires me. Like, I want to be a tree with, like, roots that are right by the stream, that get the nourishment that I need. And I love it. It says, you know, the Jeremiah 17 version of it says, he will not be anxious when drought comes. And it's, it bears fruit in all seasons. Its leaves always remain green. Um, I want to be nourished. I want to be unworried. Um, social media is not the issue, but our hearts getting the right nourishment is the issue. So above all, we must connect our roots to the stream of living water. And that's really what we're talking about tonight. In John 4, Jesus says, Whoever drinks of the water I give her will never be thirsty again. The water that I give her will become in her a spring of water welling up to eternal life. 
Social media is often based off of what people thinking think of us, right? Are we thirsting after people's approval? Or are we thirsty for God's promises, his teachings? Is our gaze fixed on Jesus, his life-giving example? Or is our gaze fixed on a screen? And I dream for the women of this campus ministry. Kennesaw, Emory, Georgia Tech, Georgia State, Chattahoochee Tech, Georgia Highlands, all of the above. I dream for these women to be strong trees planted by the stream. That's what I dream for you guys, and that's what I pray really often. I pray that the women become strong trees planted by the stream, drinking deeply of God's words, obsessed with the peace that comes from listening to him, casting our anxieties on him. I dream that our girls will be able to recognize the voices, telling them to compete, to prove, to be busy and look important, to search for value from other people's opinions. I dream that our girls, that we, will hear the lies very clearly, loud and clear, and we will say, no, I'm already filled up. I believe my God. I delight in his words for me. That's my dream. Thanks, Bree. You know, we're, we're saying social media a lot, but I really want to make the point that this is about all media in general. This is about your games on your phone. This is about sports and, and watching sports all day long. This is about um, a lot of other, this is about news that you find and so many other things. This is about media in general and all the voices that we hear uh, every single day. You know, I like what Bree said. It's not necessarily the social media or the media that you watch that's bad. It's more that there's this deep need in our souls to connect with God hear his voice, and connect with those around us. In our world today, media tends to enslave our attention because what we give our attention and time to is who we start to become. I heard this quote. It says that attention is the precursor to adoration. There have been many studies on what media does to our brains. Excessive usage of phones shows the same effects as drug addiction. It negatively impacts our memory, our social skills, our sleep quality, weight gain, Our mood, using our phone a lot, feeds our anxiety. There's been a dramatic spike over the years of depression, and and many think it's it's positively correlated to media. A few experiments show that being on your phone while even just being kind of like with your friend in a room inhibits how close you feel, how much you trust each other, and how well you're able to empathize with them. Even the mere presence of a phone can disrupt the connection between two people. You ever kind of like be in a conversation, someone has their phone kind of laid up on front of them as you're talking to them, and it rings and they're like, and they kind of pick it up right away, or they kind of, every notification, they're kind of looking down at you as they're talking to you and stuff like that. Or like every once in a while, you kind of see their eyes divert down. You might, like, there's always like this little feeling in me of like, this person's not really paying attention. If something else more important came up, then they would kind of take that, but I'm not really important to them. The same studies show that even when your phone is face down on the table in front of you, it still has the same sort of effect. I hope that we can become people that don't have to have our phone out in every single situation. You know what I'm saying? That we can have it in our pocket and that we don't, it's, we're not worried that there's some emergency that's going to happen every moment of the day, but really being engaged and focused with the people that are in front of us. The power of connecting with people is so vital to human health. Do I even have to mention like what media does to our temptations to look at pornography? Or how with dating apps, you can get sex these days as easy as ordering a pizza on a Friday night. How about, how much money have you lost playing a game? You know what I'm saying? Like you're playing Angry Birds and you're buying that thing, you know, on there. How much money have you lost kind of playing, playing games? How much money have people lost in society gambling through media? The terrible reality of cyberbullying out there that is wrecking our youth of today. What news and government channels are trying to induce you? 
where they purposefully try to get you anxious and riled up and angry by their headlines and articles that it's all about just kind of getting emotion in you that's not based on the truth and so many more evils that are out there. It's terrifying. Media out there is terrifying these days and what it's doing to our brain and so much of that is poisoning us from becoming who God created us to be. You know, our addiction to entertainment comes directly from our dreadful fear of being bored. You know, Jordan was telling us the other day, I'm going to put Jordan on blast here for a second. Jordan was telling us the other day that he was uh, dreading. Is Jordan even in here? Jordan's way in the back, taking care of his son. So he came in here, I'm going to say I'm going to whisper it. No, but he said that he was dreading his 20-minute ride home the other day from campus because his phone had died. And he was like, I have no, like, I have to sit in silence on my way home. And he was terrified. And then as he's driving, he kind of realized just kind of how messed up that thinking is and how crazy that we kind of rely on our phones to do anything. You know, you ever kind of, uh, how about like when you come to a stoplight when you're driving and you automatically kind of reach down for your phone because you're bored all of a sudden. You know what I'm saying? You come to a stop sign, boom. Okay, now I can go. You know what I'm saying? Or how many of us take out our phones, take our phones with us like our best friend, our carrying companion. We cannot poop without our phones. You know what I'm saying? Like you cannot go to the bathroom without our phones sometimes. Or how about when you refresh something like to see if there's anything new and you do it two minutes later to see if there's something new there again. You know what I'm saying? Where you're kind of like, you kind of pull down on the thing so that it kind of refreshes whatever is happening. And two minutes later, you're like, Oh, I wonder if there's anything new. And we're just kind of like, we're so addicted to it. It says that the same kind of thing of you kind of like scrolling down your phone is the same type of motion you have in the slot machines. We're kind of going like that. And the addictive nature of of phones is really built around the same sort of logic that slot machines are built after. Who of you, when you watch a movie, you're also on your phone when you're watching a movie? Because the movie isn't doing it for you, you know? (laughs) Or you're like... You're watching a movie and you're on your phone, you have your computer out and stuff like that. Like, I catch myself doing that all the time. Like, why am I on my phone? There's literally entertainment in front of me. You know, I know for me, there's been many times recently where I've looked back at my day and I was like, wow, there was not one minute in my day that was not, there was not some stimulus kind of capturing my attention. And it's training me to consume and consume and consume. And there are many times where I wouldn't want to, like, I wouldn't want to pray. I wouldn't want to consider, like, I'd be reading, and, I, and I'd think about, okay, how can I put this in my life? I'm like, nah, I'm not going to put that. I'm not thinking about putting that into practice in my life because it was just, it took too much of my energy. Yeah. And what it did is I, I felt like I would rather con- consume things about God, but not actually want to experience God. Wow. I want to read things about God, but I wouldn't actually want to spend time with God. Mm-hmm. And that was really starting to scare me. Even from the first moment I wake up, boom, there's my phone in my hand. Anybody else kind of, it's the first thing they look at when they wake up? It's the first thing, it's the last thing they look at when you go to sleep? You ever think of how intimate that is? Like, it's literally at your most vulnerable and unguarded moments. The times where you just wake up, the times you're just going to sleep, your brain is unguarded, you're vulnerable, and you're like, this is the time where me and my phone get to connect and be together. Like, that's weirdly intimate. You know what I'm saying? But that's the reality for so many of us. There have been so many times where the emotional direction and course of my day was not set by God, but on emails, texts, and media that I watched kind of the first thing when I woke up. That set my, set my emotional temperature for the day. And from that point, it was so hard to kind of do anything else because I already kind of flipped that switch. You know, there's many times, I, well, I think even just kind of waking up with your phone, that's a recipe for a lack of presence 
with God and consistent anxiety in your life. You know, I have to think, where in my day did I carve out time to hear God's voice? Because if I'm, if I'm real, there is very little time in my schedule to hear God's voice. Because I'm doing things all the time. I'm looking at things. I'm distracted. I'm kind of, there's always something in my attention. The minute I kind of stop, I kind of need something to entertain me again. And it's really scary. And I've tried to make a lot of changes recently with that stuff, which I'll share in a little bit. But um, some of us say that we can't hear God's voice. But what if the reality is that he's never stopped speaking to us? We just haven't made the time or room to listen for him. You know, Psalm chapter 10, there's someone on their phone at night. You know, Psalm 10 says, In his pride, the wicked man does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. I remember reading that one time like, dang, that right there describes our generation. So many thoughts, so many things to worry about, so many things have our attention. Is there any room for God in all your thoughts? I have to check myself and ask, do I really like the person I'm becoming? Like, are my daily habits and disciplines building me into the type of person that I really want to be? Because often when I really look at the daily habits of my life, and I look at every time I'm taking a, like a shower, I have to have some sort of like media, like a sports radio or something like that kind of hit me. I can't even stand in the shower, but I'm, you know, there's some silence. Or like when I'm driving in the car, then I'm like, I have to have some sort of podcast on or something like that. Or like the minute there's a lull on campus, boom, my phone is, I'm breaking out my phone instead of kind of doing something else. Like, is that really the type of person that I want to be? Is that what I want my family to be? Do I, do I want my family to be addicted to tech? Do I want my family to see that I'm addicted to tech? You know, my dad one time, the other day, he was kind of hanging out with a, uh, with a dad and his two kids at his house. And, uh, and the dad was kind of on his phone right there in the middle, in the middle of the, uh, uh, their time together. And my dad was like, you know, the girl was right here. She's wearing this really pretty dress. They just got back from, from church. And he's like, your dress is so beautiful. It's like this little like, five-year-old girl, right? And she was like, just her face lit up. And then they sat there and just had this epic conversation for like an hour. And then his little son comes in, this little, this little chubby redhead kid, head kid comes in. He's like one years old. And he's kind of like, my dad just kind of starts like talking to him and trying to like engage with him. And he comes over and sits on his lap. And what the other dad said, because he was kind of sitting there on his phone in the room, what the other dad said, he said, you know, I was a little bit jealous, Steve, when my kids would actually go kind of want to sit with you. And what he was realizing there is that the, the act of being engaged and being kind of like in the moment with people yeah. is so important for us. It's so vital for us. There's studies out there that kids do a lot worse. Even when their parent is in the room on their phone, kind of with a still face, when their parent is just kind of watching them play, that they do worse, even if they're in this exact same position. What kind of person do you want to be? And are you really centering your life and your disciplines and your habits around who you want to be? You know, Matthew 11 is one of my favorite passages in the entire Bible. And it says this. It says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I love Jesus right here, man. Like, I love Jesus. He is, he's extraordinary. And I love, like Jesus says, in order to find true rest and peace and contentment, we have to come to him. We have to learn from him listen to him and try to become like him the funny thing is all the other media out there your games social media youtube netflix is telling us the exact same thing they're saying you feeling tired today you feeling worn out 
You feeling bored? Weary? You anxious today? You feeling depressed? Come to me and I'm going to give you some rest. It's one of the biggest lies that we can find. And I'll, I'll tell you something right now. Those things will never be able to satisfy you. Because you go to them instead of going to the healthy stuff, you're going to actually be left off worse than you were before. What are your consistent daily habits? Are they building you into the type of healthy person that God created you to be? You know, Jesus, I think we have sometimes this kind of religious view of Jesus. You know that Jesus was probably the happiest person of all time? That Jesus, like, he was, he was so, like, someone said, hey, describe Jesus in a word. They said, relaxed. I love that about Jesus, that he walked around. He wasn't kind of, like, anxious and worried and kind of stressed out. He was relaxed. He let things come to him. He was in control of the moments. He was confident. He was bold. He wasn't scared. He was fearless. He was relaxed. He was confident. He was clear-minded. And he was deeply spiritual. Doesn't that seem, like, so attractive? That's exactly what I want to be. Don't we all want to become like those types of people that we're just relaxed? Nothing, it doesn't bother us. We're, we're people that are confident. We're bold. If someone says something about us, who cares? Like, we see something that kind of messes up. Oh, whatever. God, God's, God's more important than that kind of stuff. How did Jesus do it, man? How did he stay focused and calm and not anxious in the middle of a chaotic life? Because his life, if you look at it, was chaotic. You know what I'm saying? But somehow he stayed confident and cool as a cucumber as he was kind of going through life. What habits did Jesus intentionally put into his life that made him into the world's most successful human? I think one of the most important, and the one I want to briefly emphasize for a minute, is the practice of silence. Luke 5, verse 16 says, tells us that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Jesus often took intentional time by himself to places where he wouldn't be distracted to listen to the voice, where he could only listen to the voice of his father. Remember there's certain times where he's like up kind of by himself for a while and people are like stressed out, like, dude, where you been? There's stuff happening, man. And he's like, whoa, whoa. He's like, hey, we'll get to them. We got to go to these villages. It's going to be good. Here we go. That's why I've come. You're like, oh, damn. What, what, what would that, what have you thought? If you're kind of coming up all stressed out and he said that, you're like, oh, okay. Like, and he's kind of like, I guess you probably would have just mellowed out too because that's who Jesus was. What kind of, I don't mean like the kind of silence where you're like, all right, I'm going to get time by myself. Jesus was tired, so he jumped into his cozy bed, escapes with, with some Netflix type of silence, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean like, get away. Yeah. Get away. Well, you're going to have no distractions in a place where you can totally clear your mind, yeah. where you can refocus your mind, genuinely listen without any other voices. That for us, some of us, is like terrifying, that thought of going somewhere and being by ourselves for a while. Some of us, that's our greatest dream, okay? Some of you guys are like, I want to be by myself right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I think the time that you spend away, what type of time it is, the quality of your time is like so crucial and important. You know, Psalm 131, I really like this. I read this the other day and it really just kind of impacted me a lot. and something I really want to model my life off of. He says, you know, I don't concern myself with matters too great or too awesome for me to grasp. Instead, I have calmed and quieted myself. Like a weaned child who no longer cries for his mother's milk. Yes, like a weaned child is my soul within me. I love that. Romans 8 says, The mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Don't you guys want to have lives that are like, if someone looked at you like, man, that person is full of life and they're full of peace. Like that's the type of person I really want to be. 
Romans 12 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. Then what happens? It says, well, then you're going to be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. You know, it's all about getting your mind and your attention to focus on the source of life. To focus on God. Putting your attention there is going to be the one of the best things you can possibly do in this crazy, anxious-filled life. You know, for me, this is one of the hardest practices for me to adopt. Like, I, I, can, I love reading my Bible, you know, which has taken me a while to kind of get there. I love reading my Bible. I love reading kind of spiritual books. I love listening to podcasts. I, I enjoy praying. I enjoy, you know, I, I've kind of developed a fasting habit for me on a weekly basis and stuff like that. One of the things I'm most scared of is silence and solitude. That's one of the things I hate doing the most because I'm, I'm freaked out of being bored. I don't like it. You know, over the last couple of weeks, I've said, okay, I'm going to try to wake up. And one of the first things I do every day is I'm just going to try to get five to seven minutes of silence, which is like, you, you hear that and you're like, dude, you're a child, you know, like the, only five to seven minutes. But like, you go try it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I sat in my room and I, and Brie would kind of like, I'd be kind of trying to meditate in my closet, you know, just kind of sit in my closet where there's no other distractions and stuff like that. And I sit there and I'm, I'm literally, I set a timer for like six minutes and it's like the longest six minutes of my life. You know what I'm saying? And it's just so hard. And I've tried, I've tried it and it's just like, it's actually embarrassing how hard that is. But like, I feel like it's, if we all went to go try that, it would be extremely hard just for us to sit still with no distractions for six minutes and try to clear our minds. But a lot of times, the times that I decided to go be alone with God without any sort of inputs, without any music coming in, without any podcasts coming in, without anybody else, like without reading something, I just go try to clear my mind and be alone with God, which usually for me is, is uh, going on a walk, usually at night where I can't really see a whole lot and I know that nobody can see me, you know, and think I'm weird for like talking to myself. But uh, like I try to go out in the woods and I try to really pray and just get my mind right. It's so obvious every time I go there that it's really, really good for me. Like, if I'm there long enough, I usually always come back feeling more relaxed, feeling more full of compassion and more connected to God. And the same thing would happen for Jesus. There's times where he's on the mountain of transfiguration, connected with God, comes down, heals a boy. There's times where he's like kind of out praying. What's the next thing he's doing? He's going and walking on water. There's times where he's kind of like, he's out there praying and then he comes and then he says he's full of compassion, feeds 5,000 people. Whenever Jesus was alone, and they came out of that time, he was powerful. Mm. He, was, he was focused. He was full of compassion. He was ready. But it really took those times with God in order to really get him there. But in order to really get there, I think we really, it, it's, it, it takes so much intentionality. Because you can't go there and just expect that you're just going to be filled up with God just because you're sitting alone by yourself. You have to intentionally try to quiet your mind, which is like so hard. Because the minute you try to silence your, like yourself, all the voices that Bree was talking about, there's a thousand voices that kind of come start swirling in your head. So many kind of like things you got to do for the day, people you got to talk to, kind of homework that you have, anxieties of life, all that kind of stuff. And you're like, man, sitting here is really unproductive. I need to go do something. And that's, that, those are the things that kind of start going on in your mind. And it's so hard. But what happens over time, if I sit there long enough, those voices all start kind of going away. They start kind of like leaving my mind. And I start to kind of feel really at peace. And I feel like there's like some singular voices that really start to kind of develop in my mind. And singular thoughts. And things I'm like, that I think God is just kind of putting on my mind to focus on. Yeah. And there have been some times where I really feel like I, I heard God's voice. But it only took time for me to really sit there in the silence. Yeah. There's a really cool story by, uh, about Dr. King. Where it's kind of like during the civil rights mo- movement, kind of the very beginning of him getting involved. 
Uh, there have been a lot of things that have been happening for me. He'd been beaten up, been thrown in prison. Like uh, he had been arrested for going like five miles over the speed limit, all this kind of stuff. And, uh, and there was one night he's just kind of, he's sleeping in bed and, he's, and he was thinking, I'm going to quit. I cannot do this anymore. I'm done. And so he gets up and he kind of goes and just sits in silence for a while at his, at his kitchen table. And what he describes in his sermon later on, he describes that he could literally hear this kind of inner voice in him that says, Martin Luther, keep fighting. Stand up for righteousness. Stand up for justice. Stand up for truth. I'm going to be with you to the very end of the world. And it says that right there, he got up and said, let's go. Let's do this. And he was ready and said, let's get it on. Imagine, and someone kind of came up with the idea later on and commented, what if Dr. King had an iPhone? What if Dr. King decided that he's, instead of, instead of kind of having those thoughts, he said, you know what, I'm going to veg out instead. Instead, I'm going to get up and I'm going to kind of scroll through some sports because you saw there was a crazy fight last night in Thursday Night Football and I'm trying to figure it out, right? Imagine if Dr. King had a phone where he wasn't trying to be in tune with God's voice. Who knows what would have happened in, in, in that future and what would have happened in our past? How many other opportunities do you think have been lost because people refuse to be silent and refuse to hear God's voice? How much better do you think maybe your life could have been and could be right now and ways you'd be feeling if you just took time to really silence yourself before the Almighty King? Guys, I guarantee you, God's trying to say stuff to you. He's trying to speak to you. He's trying to say things directly to your heart. But many times, we're just not willing to listen. And we don't give them time to listen. Silence and solitude with God will radically change your life. But it takes time. You don't change just in one day. It takes constant practice. A lot of times they say that you don't actually start feeling the effects of this until you do it for 10 days straight. Then when you start doing that, you start to see it working in your life. You start to hear God's voice. That's the main one I want to talk about. But I also want to kind of bring up something else uh, to kind of close us out that I'm really excited about and something that Bree and I have been praying about. And we actually kind of, like the same time, we kind of came up with it together, kind of the same, like I was thinking it and she was thinking it. And then uh, our, like our, we brought it up to our, the whole campus staff and they're like, hey, I think we got to, we were trying to do this with Georgia State and they're like, I think we need to do this for the whole entire ministry. And uh, so I want to propose something that we get to all do together. You guys with me on that? You guys ready for, for, to do something together to try to figure this out? Yeah. Because you know what? We have to come up with an intentional plan. People are spending billions of dollars trying to get your attention. You think that you're just going to, without a plan, just kind of like not be affected by people spending billions to kind of grab your attention? We need intentional planning. We need, we need something that's going to like really kind of be set in stone. That's going to become something that becomes a habit in our daily life. So one of the things I want to propose is I want to propose a ministry-wide media blackout and a media fast and what I mean by that is I want to see if we can go a week as a whole ministry with no media okay and this is what and this is what and this is what I mean by that why do I why do I say this some of you guys you're like I couldn't do this for two hours okay guys in this world guys we are called to be set apart We're called to be different. We're called to be healthy. We're called to be so much different than everybody else around us. And I really hope, I really hope, like, I'm not going to force anybody to do this. I'm doing it. My parents called me today and said, hey, Nick, we heard you're doing this. We're doing this. They said, like, man, we feel like this could radically change our ministry and radically help us. 
and make us healthy and help introduce habits into our life that will carry us forward for the rest of our entire existence. And so, but it's only if we're going to kind of be in it together. I really hope that it's something that we can, we can what it's going to do for us, it's going to get us connected, kind of like Bree was talking about. It's going to send our roots deep by the stream. It's going to get us connected to God. And also that's going to really get us connected more to each other. So I think we have this, this idea and image that we're close because we interact on media, but maybe we're not as close as we really think we are. And I think some of this stuff might actually really expose some of those things. And so this is what I'm going to propose. I'm going to propose a total social media blackout where all social media, right, when it comes to things like Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or YouTube and stuff like that, that we would totally, that we would totally, Disney Plus just came out. I heard that the other day and I was like, uh-oh, this is going to be tough. This is what I'm going to recommend. All right? All social media. That's what I'm going to recommend. And then I'm going to say, I, want, I, I really want you guys personally, again, we're not, we're not going to kind of force anybody to do this. This is, this is all up to you. What you put into this is what you're going to get out of it, okay? But I want to I challenge you to kind of do what's going to be really challenging for you. For me, I don't watch a ton of Netflix, you know, unless Bree's kind of having me watch some like, you know, thing from like ancient Britain, Britain or something like that. That's like some of these uh, sense and sensibility type stuff. And so for me, Netflix isn't going to be kind of my thing, right? But like the amount of sports I watch kind of on a daily basis and kind of catch up on and stuff like that, I'm going to eliminate that from my entire, from my, from my week this week. All right. I'm not going to have any, I'm not going to check. I'm not going to watch any games. All right. This is just for me. You guys can kind of figure out what you're going to do. I'm not going to watch any games. I'm not going to keep up with any sports. I'm not going to go on Instagram. I'm deleting Instagram from my phone. I'm deleting Facebook from my phone and, uh, and all that. And I want to, I want to recommend that across the board. And then uh, the other thing I want to recommend, and then Bree's going to tell us some stuff. You can't just take away things. You've got to also kind of put things in there, okay? The other thing that, that might, is going to be a little bit challenging is what I want to do is I want to basically almost entirely eliminate, but really limit, group me, okay? And what I mean by that is it's only going to be used for announcements. And it's only going to be used to kind of t- say things that are happening, but we're not going to communicate on there. And what I want to ask too is that you even think about limiting how much you text. That you pick up the phone and call somebody. That you kind of get, get people around you, right? So these are some of the things that I'm recommending. Sounds like I'm hitting a little bit of a nerve, all right? Sounds like I'm hurting a little bit of a nerve. But guys, hey, seriously for a second. Seriously for a second. I do think it is interesting that we talk about this for a whole entire night, and if we don't put this into practice, then what are we doing here? Nothing. What are we doing here, you know? Putting this into practice is kind of the name of the game. Bree's going to tell us a few other things that she's thinking of. Yeah. So that's the coolest thing, too. That's kind of the point of fasting, right, whenever you fast for a day, is you fill up your hunger with prayer, right, or with journaling or meditating, right? And so that's what we're hoping for this time to be is if, if we're off media, I mean, for some of, maybe for some of us, we're kind of like, it's about time y'all got with the program. I, I haven't had Instagram, right? I know some of you guys don't have Instagram. But, um, but I think for some of us, you're going to have a lot more time, one, to do your homework, two, to like really spend quality time with people. And so we encourage you to take the extra time you have to fill up with some good stuff. So if you guys have a journal, maybe you either get a journal or, or have a special spot in your journal to take notes this week of some of the things you notice about yourself. 
you know, like maybe notice the times where you like go to check your phone, right? Or like notice the time where you get uncomfortable because you're bored for a second, right? Like just notice these things. And that's part of what we're hoping for is that this helps us to really pay attention. Um, yeah, keep a journal of yourself or even the way you notice the world around you. Like when Nick and I were planning this lesson, at one point we're sitting in Starbucks and I could tell both of us were, were planning this ourselves. And we're both kind of looking around and every single person had their headphones in and were looking at a screen, which obviously at Starbucks, that's, you know, you're there to work and stuff too. But I just thought that was so interesting, even the headphones part of like, wow, it's, it's so normal to be in our own world these days. And that's kind of what we hope for this blackout to be too. So even with group, group me being only announcements, um, or if you have a scripture to share, maybe you can share that on group me, but maybe not. <laughs> um, if it's tempting, don't do it. But, um, but yeah, limit your text. But like, instead of texting a friend, like get coffee with them, like get face-to-face quality time. I was even wondering when we were looking at some of these stats of how much time we spend on media, I was thinking about at least one fifth of the world's population's love language is quality time. <laughs> At least. And so I'm just curious how much we're lacking in our quality time, like need, you know, or giving friends that need quality time. Um, So do that. Do that this week. Like take time to get coffee. And then when you're not texting people, you know, finish your homework early and see how that, see what that does. You know, that's, I don't think I ever did that. So that's, I wish someone Um, Try and find some time in silence every day. Try what Nick was doing. Write your own quiet time and share it with someone. Uh, write your own song. That could be cool. Um, when, when we have quiet times, uh, we put our phone in the other room. We set an alarm for when we need to get up and get ready, and then we put the phone in the other room. So I li- we literally can't look at our phone while we're, when we're having our quiet time. So I encourage you to do that, you know. So I know you, I know you still need to use your laptop for homework and all of that stuff, um, but just be really intentional this week and just notice. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cool. Okay, so, so we're going to have, yeah, so okay, here we go. This is, this is what we're thinking, right? Is basically kind of like no social media, and then you choose whatever else that you want to block out from your life, okay? So you know, no social media, and we're doing no group me as a whole, as a whole group, then you guys can choose what you want to do kind of in your life. Not necessarily challenge you to do something that's, that challenges you. If you, play, if you play a game on your phone for two hours a day, maybe that's something you kind of cut out, right? Um, but I think some of this time is just going to be really, really, really uh, important. So the goal right here is that we're going to be starting this. The thought is that we're going to be starting this tomorrow night at midnight. Okay? Tomorrow night at midnight. We're going to do a countdown. And uh, we're going to do it tomorrow night at, at midnight. And that will kind of reopen it again next Saturday night at midnight, okay? And so next Saturday night at midnight, boom. I'm just, we're going to see the, the you know, YouTube kind of thing just skyrocket. Just getting in all your, all your, uh, all your YouTube that you didn't get that week. But, um, so that's going to kind of be the, uh, be the plan. And I really encourage you guys, what we don't want to do, what we don't want to do, we're not trying to force anybody to do this, okay? We're not trying to force anybody. If this really messes you up and freaks you out and weirds you out, then don't do it because that's not the goal, Right? The goal isn't that we're just going to force people to kind of do things. This isn't meant to be something that's kind of like, you know, letter of the law, you better do this, you're not a Christian. That's not, that's not it. We're just going to try to invite everybody to do something that I really feel like is going to free you. And what I would do this week is just kind of note the times that you're going to feel weird and you're going to kind of, you're going to lack some things. I would note that you're going to learn some things and I'd really kind of uh, learn what you, what you need going forward. Some tips, you know, for me, get the phone out of your room at night. 
right? Especially for guys like, you know how many times I hear about guys messing up in pornography, but it just started with looking at their phone at night. Get the, get the phone out of your room at night and start, maybe even get like a regular alarm clock that you had, right? When you're back when you were in middle school or something like that. You know, don't start the day. Don't start the day until you've gotten a chance to pray or read your Bible or something like that. Here's something that I really love that the George State group did over the last, uh, last week. Is that some, some of the... Some people at Georgia State said, hey, you know what? We don't really want, uh, because we've been noticing that there's people kind of amongst, uh, even while we're all hanging out in the student center, just watching Netflix, are kind of on their phone. It's actually kind of a bummer when I walk into the student center and I see people kind of watching Netflix at the table with everybody else. I'm like, man, what message does that, does that send everybody else about what you're, kind of, what you're doing? And so some people just took it on themselves and said, okay, we're going to put all of our devices in the middle, all of our electronics in the middle of the table. If you pick it up and use it, you owe everybody in here a dollar. All right? And so, I mean, I don't know who is really tempted by their extension cord, you know, like, but they're just really feeling that. But what it did, it was actually pretty awesome, kind of what it did. It's like, man, like people felt like they had better conversations. People like got their phone, went over to kind of send a text over kind of like a few feet away, and then came back to really be engaged with the rest of the group. We're hoping that this really can kind of bond us closer together, but most importantly, kind of get us connected with God. And so, guys, take some time to tomorrow to really pray about this and make a, make a, like a, a deliberate plan for yourself. Yeah. Don't do this kind of like just, just kind of waking up. Oh, I guess I'll kind of cut some of this stuff out. Make a plan. Write it down. Talk about it with your roommates. Like even kind of decide with your roommates, hey, we're not going to be watching Netflix all this week together, you know, or we're, gonna, we're not going to play video games together. We're just going to sit, hang out together, talk, play a, play a game, do a puzzle, something like that. And guys, also, there's a lot of people here that, that aren't, aren't here this tonight because of different because of different kind of things going on so we have this recorder we're gonna be sending out but i just encourage you with the people that don't know about this just try to try to ask them uh and and tell them about it and see what they think about it uh tell them about the why right like what the kind of the spirit that you guys bring to it is how everyone else is going to think about it and so if you go around and say i can't believe the ministry is making me do this this and this and giving up youtube it's like the worst day of my life you know like i know i've 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 been around enough to know that's that's the comments i hear a lot after kind of things like this Be positive about it. Be like, I can't wait to see what God's going to reveal to me at this particular time. I can't wait to hear his voice. I can't wait for the other, like, kind of future Dr. Kings that are going to be in this room because they're just sitting with God for a little while. You know what I'm saying? Guys, Jesus is calling us to come follow him and come listen to him and learn from him and take his yoke upon us to have his voice of the shepherd be the main voice in our ears, in our lives. Guys, the voices that we let into the door of our hearts is usually who we become. We are what we eat. We become what we put our attention on. Let's focus on the healthy stuff and get all the bad stuff out. Harrison, to come close this out, and then uh, I'm sure we'll have some good conversation tonight. Feedback from the lesson. I'm going to take a you guys because that's not easy to talk about. Yeah, right. So, uh,